Hey everybody, welcome to episode 150 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course I'm joined by the one and only David Hogue. What's up, Dave? Ah, you know we have a um, somebody joining us tonight. We do, and I'm very excited to introduce him as well. His name is Beto Silva, and he is actually like four feet away from me. I'm recording with someone in the same room as me for the first time in a very long time. Beto, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you guys so much for the invitation. So, uh, how'd you get here? <laughs> you mean to United States? Oh, no, I just meant on the show, but that's, <laughs> maybe that's a story for another time. Uh, yeah, no, Beto and I work together uh, at our church here in Kankakee, Illinois, a church called Life Compass, and Beto is uh, an associate pastor here at our church that does, what, 95 different things? Somewhere in that range? Yes. Uh, he's a very talented musician very gifted person and all around swell fella. So we're happy to have him on the show. Plus, as I'm sure you'll notice at some point, he has a better podcasting voice than me. So I'm outnumbered two to one here by him and Dave. So <laughs> it's good for my ego. So we're glad to have you in the show. Thank you very much. See, I'm not going to have a job after this one. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. And, we wanted to have someone on the show because, well, it's episode 150. And I think the last time we had someone on the show, Dave, was episode 100. Yes. D&D feels like a really long time ago. It does. Yeah, there, there's been a significant, uh, like, delay uh, in the last 50 episodes. We've slowed our pace. That's all right. We're getting old. Can't, you know, weekly is a young man's game. <laughs> so we're here. It's episode 150. We're very excited about it. And uh, I guess maybe we should just dive right into it. What do you think? Works for me. Is that good for you, Beto? Yeah. All right. We're in Romans 14. And uh, as usual, David, I will rely on you to read the passage that we're discussing tonight. All right, so we're going to do Romans 14, verses 1 through 12, and I think that's it. All right, here we go. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, 
As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. All right. That was kind of a long one. Yep. It's okay, though. Long isn't bad. Nope. All right. Let's get to the opinions at the beginning, huh? Shall we? We all know I like opinions. <laughs> As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Now, David, this this reminds me quite a lot of, of what we've talked about in the past on the show about having to be right theologically and proving that you're right to somebody else uh, instead of just welcoming them and mm-hmm. accepting them. Um, so I'm curious what your thoughts are on this um, because it's one of those things where I think my default is to go down the who's right and who's wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have been pushing me in the in that area of it's okay to disagree and it's okay to disagree about stuff in the Bible so long as like you know, we love Jesus and God, right? Like we can have different opinions on stuff, but again, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So maybe, um, for the listeners that haven't heard you say that and for Beto's sake and for mine, a quick refresher on kind of that whole thing that you've been talking about recently. (laughs) Well, I, I assume you're alluding to the whole, show me what I have wrong that I think I have right. Or is it not that specific? Oh, yeah, definitely that. But then like even, you know, some situations where you've mentioned how you have brought up uh, things, you know, that other people disagree with and, and, and their response is to tell you why you're wrong instead of just saying like, well, we're both Christians. We can have a little grace here. Maybe I'm making that up. So are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally putting him on the spot. I feel bad now, Dave. No, no I don't feel like. I, I guess I'm just not. Are, are you wanting me to go to a specific topic? No, I guess I just wanted. I wanted your opinions on that first verse, and I kind of painted you into a weird corner, and I'm sorry for that. I'm nervous, Beto. So I don't want to mess up, and I already have. As you were talking, I was thinking of a conversation. Sorry, Dave. No, you're good. Who jumped right in? I had this conversation with Hernan. Um, he he says that he's not um, he does not reject the idea that God exists, but him and I have developed a relationship that he, he does not call himself a Christian, and I can be very vulnerable at the same time with him and share my points of view, my opinions on the Bible. For example, he shares his opinions from a perspective of of psychology and then we talk about different uh religious groups in the area where we live and today i was just very very aware of the fact that if i focus in what what's different in the different opinions then i'm i miss the opportunity to connect with an with another human being and that connection uh he said once is what heals in terms of psychology. And me as a pastor, I, I noticed, wow, the, the beauty of loving the person and we can fare from points of view or 
um, different um, journeys in, journeys in life. I guess that's one one of my thoughts as you were speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree because it says welcome that person, right? But don't quarrel over opinions. Like when you welcome somebody, you're you're bringing them into the fold, into the family. You're making sure that they're cared for, that they have what they need, that they're becoming part of the group. And it's really kind of hard to do that when you walk in the door and you've got to go through a checklist of do you believe the right things or not, right? Exactly. But if we can, if we can welcome that person and truly you know, not only enjoy them being there, but wanting them to be there regardless of, you know, where they land on certain things, right? Then that's only good because then to your point, yeah, we can connect with that person so that when we do have those conversations down the road about, you know, whatever the topic may be, there's there's a, a relationship and trust and longevity and experience there so that when you have those hard conversations, they're not as potentially not as um, the word I'm looking for. I want to say dramatic. That's not the right word. Less, less potential for hurt per se. I don't know. My words are failing me today. So it goes on to say one person believes uh, he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. I think it's hysterical that they make the vegetarian the weak person there, but, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> just, That made me chuckle. Uh, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let, the, let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. And it goes on to say, the one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord, and the one who abstains does so too. And this, I think, is the crux of the whole passage, right? We can completely disagree on whether or not, you know, in this case, you should eat meat or not, and both still love God and do both things to honor God and have completely different viewpoints that are opposite of each other and still both be right or both be in, you know, the will of God if you want. And that, I think, is a pretty novel concept for a lot of people. because. We don't necessarily do well with non-binary situations. Life is easier if it's right or wrong, right? If everything is black and white, we know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's a lot easier to judge other people, right? Um, So I think it's interesting for me to think about one person can do one thing and be completely convicted and be right about that conviction, that this is what God wants them to do. This is how they feel like. God wants them uh, to act in a specific way, and someone else can have the exact opposite approach, be equally as convicted, and be equally correct that God, this is what God wants. And that's, that kind of hurts my head. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to rationalize how two opposites could both be honoring God. Because I'm small-minded, feeble-brained, right? God's big enough to handle the the friction, I suppose. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but it's it's really interesting and and very different from what I was led to believe for most of my life. Yeah, I I think one of the first things that 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 just stands out to me in this this verse is if 
if you feel like God has given you a conviction about something, you really need to honor that conviction. You know, to be obedient to, well, God has told me I should not eat meat, so I'm not going to do that. Or God has, has, you know, revealed to me uh, that it's okay uh, uh, to to eat meat. Uh, I'm specifically reminded of uh, Acts 11, uh, where Peter talks about the sheet being lowered. And, you know, God says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he's like, by no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. And, you know, God says to him, what God has made clean, do not call common. And so, you know, Peter had had that kind of experience where it was okay for him to eat meat. And so, um, I, I think first and foremost, we need to be um, true to our convictions. And I think there's very something very um, pure. There's something very simplistic in being obedient to that. Uh, and I'm not talking about being dogmatic. I'm not talking about, you know, kind of sticking to um, a false set of rules. But if we have a conviction, we need we need to honor that. And if our conviction is not what it should be, and we are continuing to seek the Lord, I think he'll reveal that to us. I think he'll help us in that conviction. Um, but for us to go around and kind of worry about what everybody's conviction is and tell them that what they're thinking is wrong uh, is probably not what God wants us to be doing. Now, now in a relationship, and kind of like what we have going on here, you know, came if you were to share with me some very odd conviction, I might challenge you in that conviction and, and inquire to, for you to explain more to me and how did you come about that? And, you know, we can revisit scripture and that, but um, yeah, I, I think there is kind of this ability to be okay with a tension between your conviction, my conviction, and for those to not be exactly the same. Another thing that I'm learning here uh, during this season in my life, after being in the ministry for only uh, 10 to 15 years, it's that being part for, for the first part of my life of a certain religious group, and then as I continue to grow in my understanding of Scripture, just uh, identify myself with another religious group. I've seen both sides, if you will. And I've learned so much of, again, getting to know the people and, and, and putting love first and service mm-hmm. first. And then let's talk about those convictions and understandings that we have about Scripture. Yeah. And... How can we honor God? But putting the, fir- the person first and, and applying what I know and what I understand already. Yeah, Dave, thank you for what you shared. No, and, and I absolutely agree with what you're saying. There's an element of let's honor God. Let's have a conversation. You know, let's, <laughs> let's be open to uh, love. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Let's be open to grace. And uh, I think. I, I've just experienced, personally, I've experienced too many times a sense of, 
if you don't believe this, if you don't believe a certain way, if you don't have this conviction, well, then you can't be a Christian. And not just Romans 14, I don't see that being consistent with Scripture throughout. And I do believe that honoring God, that relationship, that that element of let's uh, is it Philippians two that we work out our 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 we work out our faith with fear and trembling. You know, working it out. That that to me does not imply that we, we it's set in stone and it's a certain way. You know, working out our faith definitely implies that there's what what we're doing right here. There's conversation. There's uh, there's dialogue. There's a, a willingness to hear what somebody else has to say on a particular topic. So why why then do you guys think that it is easy for some folks to default to the my way or the highway mentality, right? Like where, where you said, like, if you don't check these boxes, then you can't be a Christian. And depending on, you know, where you are in the country, how old you are, what denomination you are, that list changes, right? Uh, so what is it, what is it about people that uh, wants that and Somehow, some uh, some of us find that attractive. I would suppose, because uh, it's been a thing for a long time, right? That if you want to be in our club, you got to meet these standards. Uh, so why why do you think that different groups in the church have really dug into that sort of mentality? I was thinking of survival, and that's a good point. <laughs> conformity. The mm-hmm. idea of also fear. I think that we do it because we start believing the same thing and then we become part of the group, we're part of the family, and then we feel a little bit uneasy if we if somebody challenges us or wants to change some of the traditions or ideas that we have in this particular group. And but it's healthy to go outside of that circle. And Learn about what's going on outside. Other, how others live their own convictions and, and how others are fully convinced in, his, in their own mind, like the scripture points out. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about the survival tactic of it. That's funny. I, I, uh, it reminds me of the movie Moana. <laughs> I watched that twice in the last week with my daughter. <laughs> and have you seen it, Beto? Dave, have you seen Moana? I've watched it also as we are new um, subscribers to Disney Plus. <laughs> it's on. I I searched for it on Disney Plus and couldn't find it. I stinking spent nineteen ninety nine on that movie. <laughs> the, I think I'm thinking of the right movie, but yes, we've watched it since Tuesday or whenever it all became yeah. live. So it reminds me of the, the, the mentality that the chief has at the beginning of the movie, we don't go past the reef, you know, we mm-hmm. stay here for survival and, and we don't need anybody else. And everything we have is right here and everyone has a role here and everyone, you know, belongs. And we just, we, we survive and we thrive in this cloister, this closed off sect people. And then of course, you know, Moana goes across the great sea saves the world they become voyagers again <laughs> uh, 
There's a lot of really catchy songs in that movie too. <laughs> Stinking little Man- Lin Manuel Miranda taking over the world. Good for him. Is it sad? <laughs> Is it sad? Not sad. That the first time I watched that movie, I didn't know that he had done the music, but there was two songs, and I was like, "Man, that sounds like it could have been on the Hamilton soundtrack." <laughs> Turns out, two of the songs that he wrote, and I was like, "Oh, so he does have a style." Okay. Yeah, he definitely has a style. Um. Anyways, that was that last part was off topic, but um, yeah, I, I it's interesting, right? Like, I grew up non-denominational, which is pretty much like Baptist without the title and without the funds from the uh, denomination. <laughs> but really, like it was a it was Ebenezer Baptist Church. They had a German speaking service when I was like 4. So we're talking like 1990, 1992ish. They still had a German speaking service, staunch Baptist church. But then Willow Creek happened and so we had to become a non-denominational church and drop the German speaking. And even in that setting, which doesn't have denominational ties, doesn't have, you know, uh, like regional deacons or bishops or the whole structure of like the Catholic church or the Lutheran church or the Episcopal church or, you know, what have you, the Nazarene church here. Um, there's not that reporting structure. There's not the pressure from the big wigs to do everything right. There was still, even then, do you believe the right things? And, and I, and what I don't want people hearing us say is there are no right things to believe in. Like, clearly there are. There's a Bible for a reason, right? We can't go walking around saying Jesus wasn't actually human. That's heresy. And, you know, we're going to have to talk about that if that's what you believe, because that totally changes the entire story of redemption. But that's not what this passage is talking about, right? It's talking about someone who eats meat and someone who doesn't, right? seemingly trivial stuff, but I have vegetarians and vegans in my family and they're very passionate about their reasons for why they choose to live that way. So it's not trivial in the sense of it's not important to people. It's just, it's not on the same level as was Jesus fully God and fully man, right? There's the the phrase that we always talked was like the major issues and the minor issues are like, the, the stuff that we're going to hold on to and the stuff that we can just kind of let go. And, but even then that feels like, well, you have to believe these, but like you, at some point, like you do, right. You have to believe what the Bible says is true. But then for the things that we have, what's called like what Christian liberties, right. Which is this sort of thing. It, it The Bible doesn't say you have to be a vegetarian or you have to eat meat, or you have to be a vegan. Like, that's your choice, right? The Bible doesn't say you can never have a drop of alcohol in your life. It just says, don't be drunk. Like, there's, there's, there's a variance there. The Bible, you know, never says, don't smoke. I mean, you probably shouldn't because it's not good for you, right? But, like, I don't know. Am I making any sense? This happens at this at this point in the show. Usually, about to we're about twenty to twenty five minutes in, and I just start talking, and I don't know what's coming out of my mouth, and I should know by now, but it just happens. And usually, Dave swoops in and saves the day. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to go back to to Beto's uh, kind of initial point there, where he was talking about the conversation with his friend about, um, you know, philosophy versus religion. 
what 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 do I gain by becoming argumentative with somebody and saying what you believe is wrong? I mean, I I I, I, I gain nothing by that. I mean, I, I I would venture to guess that there there are probably no Christians, and if there are, it's probably very few who came to faith through winning somebody winning an argument. I'm not going to say it's. I don't Im- know. Josh McDowell sold a ton of books, <laughs> and I'm not going to say it's impossible. But I'm, I, I'm, I, I mean, I just know from my own life experience that, you know, continuing to be in a relationship with somebody who believes differently with me and having a conversation and allowing them to share what they believe and why they believe it lends itself to sharing the gospel, sharing what we believe. And again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to make the you know, definitive winning point in a debate where somebody finally goes, Oh my gosh, I see the light. Your (laughs) argument is so good. I just have to accept Jesus. The reality is, is we know that's done by the Holy spirit. And so, you know, now if somebody wants my honest opinion on a topic and in my convictions, I will share that, but I certainly don't think it's necessarily to impose that onto somebody else. Because like I said, I, I just don't think that that in the end does not bring people to Jesus. And I won't say never, ever, because God is a big God and he has lots of ways to make it happen. But yeah, I, th- I think having an open and honest conversation is more important than winning an argument or being right. Something that uh, fascinates me about Scripture is the beauty of simplicity and also that it's so complex that if you study the Bible for, I mean, your entire life, you'll still find more and more things to, to learn and more uh, ideas to assimilate. But it's so simple that the message of love and the good news of the gospel of Jesus is available for everybody, for, for the children, for the people that don't think that are very intelligent or wise. But at the same time, we know that we don't have to leave our brains in the door when we enter into a church building. <laughs> and, and that was one of the arguments that I, I was so happy that I was able to share this with friends that not necessarily come to church gatherings and be able to, to talk about life and, and the things that we believe. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I'm in complete agreement with that. You said we don't have to leave our brains at the door, right? I heard that correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should go on our next church t-shirt. <laughs> don't leave your brains at the door. That's funny. I like that. Uh, so carrying on with the passage, uh, starting in verse 8, it says, For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. That is, to me, really uh, encouraging. Like, no matter what, I'm his. I'm alive, if I'm dead, like, everything in between, right? I'm his. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both uh, Lord of the dead and of the living. Um, and it talks about passing judgment, but then at the end it says, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. 
which is interesting. Because God knows everything, right? Like, it's the whole, like, well, why do you pray? God already knows what's going on. Well, that's the relationship bit, right? You know, talking and, and, and engaging and meeting together, right? And the the relational benefit that comes from someone telling you something, even if you already know it, right? But this one is interesting. Everyone will give an account of themselves to God. Now, he, he benefits from being outside of time, so he's got to be incredibly patient because, you know, he doesn't have time to worry about. But, could you, like, he already knows everything that I've done, yet I will still have to sit there or stand or float, I don't know, and give an account of everything I did, which is terrifying. Because I'm like, are, like, are we going to spend like a full year of just the bad, stupid stuff that I've done before we get to anything remotely good? Like, I don't know. Maybe it'll be incredibly cathartic. Maybe it'll be awful. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I, I just find it interesting that we're going to have to do that. And it's not like if we say the wrong thing, we're going to get cast to hell. Like, that's not how salvation works. Thank God. But it's just, it's, the concept to me is very interesting about why God would want us to do that and why he would take the time to do that. I don't know. I don't have like an answer. It just, it's, it's, it's making my brain work over time right now because it's just peculiar to me. So one of the things that I will suggest in the giving an account of ourselves to God is that's Jesus' job when we get to heaven. And what do you mean by that? So I, I you know, I don't know this for a fact, obviously. <laughs> um, but this is this is you know when it talks about he died for our sins and you know, he's the mediator. He is, you know, he's the go between on us. This is one of those situations where I, I guess to a certain extent, I, so, so we are still going to be in the presence of God as sinners. So, so don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not making light of this because I do think there is going to be this sense of, I am standing in the presence of a holy um, perfect God who I am not worthy to be in his presence. But when he says each of us will give an account of himself to God, I do believe that there's an element of Jesus is going to look at us and go, I got this. <laughs> and glorious because we would, we would focus on all the wrong things. And that's a fair point. Yeah. And I think Jesus is going to go, yeah, you know what? Dave Hogue was a sinner, and boy, he is not worthy to be here, and the list of things that he did wrong is incredibly long. And the other thing I believe is is what we think matters is probably very different than what God thinks matters, but I won't go down that rabbit trail. And so I think Jesus is going to say, I got this for you. I am, I, I am here to represent you as a sinner. And I'm going to stand before this God who demands justice, and I am going to be able to handle 
you know, the, uh, the word is escaping me right now, but um, I'm going to be able to handle your sin load, and I'm going to be able to go before God on your behalf and say that you are worthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's not because of anything that you did, but obviously because of my blood that is shed on the cross. And what that account uh, is going to be exactly, I don't know. But I, I, I live with the hope that Jesus is going to be there by my side, um, representing me to God, and he will make the argument for me versus me trying to do that myself. I think of relationship. We've talked about it. Uh, we've, I see, I read scripture and I, I perceive the heart of God calling us to consider that relationship with him and to, to see how we can connect more effectively with uh, other people. And Cam, talking about that day where we are going to have to, um, about the accountability and talk about the about our life and then having Jesus as our uh, the mediator. And I, I think the, the Lord is calling us to consider that it doesn't have to be a surprise that day. It's not going to be like, oh, well, I'm here. I, I didn't know. Or I, it, it's like, I finally see with this eyes, I see the hope for me. I, I see the longing of my heart, my what I was looking for my whole life in, in this journey. And it's calling us to have a relationship now, like today, every day with him and with the people around us so that when that day comes, it's all about the Lord. And we did, we did it for the Lord. Nobody, none of us die for ourselves. We, we live for him. We die for him. So it's the scripture is calling us, I think, to, to consider that. In, in the uh, the core that relationship with him and with others. Good thoughts, gentlemen. I like having a third person. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I'll just read uh, the almost to the last bit. It says, "Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God." You know, that's obviously not the only place in Scripture where it says that, but um, I, too, I find that part very encouraging as well. Um, the thought of everyone. Like, man, just picturing some people that, you know, like from my life, like, what is their reaction going to be when that day comes? They're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> you know, and I, I shouldn't laugh, right? That's not the appropriate response, but it's just Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna say that. And, you know, I'm a Christian, right? Um but just thinking about what, like, you know, you can play all the what what is it gonna like all those games, right, with your imagination, but Man, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, 
that's I, honestly like this whole this whole episode i feel like that's just kind of where my mind's been at it's just like really interesting i don't know it's very uh uncomfortable for me <laughs> which i think is probably the point right mr likes to be right and have logical explanations for things probably needs to sit and be uncomfortable for a while and not knowing stuff it's probably a good exercise for me and a good place for me to be it's it's humbling yeah and uh, i've known you known you for for a few months now cam and i know that you're a very intelligent person but it's it's what i appreciate the most is that you you are kind enough you share with the youth you share with your friends you are i mean even though you know stuff you know certain things at a deeper level you you make those available and, and you still connect and you still cultivate that relationship and it's i think it reflects what the lord is teaching us here that even though this is like this is heavy this this has a lot of content that we probably don't uh fully grasp mm -hmm. but that is humbling and that leaves us in a position where we cannot boast and say well where you're wrong and i'm right because we do not have all the answers and, and we need to be okay with that and say well the lord will judge both of us and the lord will ultimately say what's what and so yeah any closing thoughts mr hogue um you know one of the thoughts that i had is is we were we we've been we've been talking is there has to be some things and that are non-negotiable there has to be some things that are right and some things that are wrong and is that ever our job to point out to somebody or is it truly a we just were in relationship we walk with people, we allow the Holy Spirit to work. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get into a new, a whole new discussion, but there, there certainly there are times where it is okay to point out to people certain truths about who God is, about who Jesus is, and not so much to win an argument but sometimes maybe we just need to point out truth and let that land where it lands. And if somebody says, I don't, I don't believe that that's not true. You know, we don't need to argue it, but maybe we just, maybe there are just times where we need to say things that are true and be okay with whatever the outcome is in that. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. Yeah. And you probably know where I, you know, where I land on this one. Um, I think absolutely there are things that are true and are non-negotiable. Um, and I think that scripture is full of examples of people defending those things mm -hmm. in very different ways, right? David obviously went and slayed a giant. Jesus turned over tables, you know, but there's also Paul debating openly in the square you know, meeting the people on their turf and engaging in it in their way. So like there, there's examples all throughout scripture of people defending the truth in different ways and some of them more aggressive than others, but 
um, I think that precedent is there. We, we, it, as God's ambassadors for reconciliation on this planet, part of reconciliation is calling out the truth of a situation. And sometimes calling out the truth of a situation is admitting your own fault and asking for forgiveness. And other times it's calling somebody else out, um, on, you know, how they have, you know, committed a sin against somebody or, or whatever, or, you know, misrepresented the truth. And so part of, part of, part of our job as followers of Christ on this planet is to defend the truth. And, and how we do that obviously shakes out, you know, for, in a number of different ways, but part of that is building the relationship. Part of that is building the trust. Part of that is not stressing over minor stuff, right? You want to eat meat or not? I, you know what? I don't care. If you want to be a vegetarian, go for it, right? More meat for me. Um, but at, yeah, at some point, like the truth is the truth and it needs to be defended. Um, and I think God gives us the ability to discern that and the help from the Holy Spirit to know when we need to defend and when we can just let God, you know, do his thing. Yep. Well, any last thoughts, Beto? The idea of defending and also proclaiming the truth. And I was thinking how we communicate that message and we are jars of clay and we, we, we hold that beautiful and not fully understood by us message of salvation. And we are heralds and we proclaim that and we share that and we let others see how we live it out. But yeah, we are called to do that, to talk and also to live and to be open for healthy discussions, I believe. Yep. Indeed. Well, thanks for joining us, sir. This was Absolutely. fun. Yeah, thank honor. you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dave. Uh, well, I guess that brings us to the end of our 150th episode. Uh, I want to say thanks to everyone that has uh, listened so far. Um, we really appreciate your time and hope that, uh, this discussion was, um, beneficial and, um, encouraging or convicting or, or whatever it needed to be. Um, but we're glad that, um, that you listen and want to let you know, you can get the show notes, uh, supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one five zero. Or if you're on, well, really, if you're listening to this anywhere, the show notes are probably right there. Just swipe around. You'll find them. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.